Peace, 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 Jumbo. Welcome to the Vada Hoops Podcast. My name is Fernando Cardenas, aka International XB. I am your host. This is episode number 51. Our guest today is Isaac Jasper of the Indigenous Nightmare Podcast. I had the privilege and honor of being on the Indigenous Nightmare Podcast not too long ago. Uh, and you know, this, this brother is really doing some, some great work. And yeah, it's an honor to have him on the show. Isaac is from California and he's currently living in Las Vegas. He has aspirations of obtaining his master's in journalism and he is currently a freelance journalist and a video editor. He's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. And like I said, he's the host of one of my favorite shows out right now, the Indigenous Nightmare Podcast. Isaac Jasper. Peace, comrade. Welcome to the Vado Hoops Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's 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 an honor to be on here, bro. I, I know we we in the past tried to tried to get this going. I'm just glad we we got it going now. So for sure, man. How you same, doing? <laughs> same here, man. I'm I'm really glad, man, and I appreciate you and, and i appreciate you coming on the show but also everything you do you know what i'm saying with the indigenous nightmare podcast and everything man so it's good to have you here yeah yeah i mean we need more of this we need more podcasts uh you know sharing their insights together you know tackling topics so that yeah. it makes it a lot easier for the people who who you know easier to digest i guess you could say so for sure for sure man so listen man let's get it started i i would love for you to you know Talk a little bit about your experience, you know, as a, as an independent journalist, sports journalist, all of that, uh, what you've been through a little bit, you know, so this far, and um, just, you know, some of the crazy shit that, that has happened to you, you know, <laughs> uh, the experiences you've lived a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I'd love for you to share that with the audience a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think in order for me to to, to answer that, that, you know, quite those compound questions uh you know it's for me to start off at the beginning you know why why did I want to be a sports journalist sure. um I've always been an admirer of sports whether it be you know football basketball baseball um just as a kid mm-hmm. um you know seeing my brother play football seeing him you know being the one that taught me how to play basketball um you know then that transitioned into you know really seeing people like on the screen you know that that essentially look like me skin tone wise Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people like Grant Hill, someone who was a beast on the court, you know, but at the same time, you know, could murder somebody, you know, in, in a, in a, in a, a studio, you know, going over stats and statistics, you know, and covering uh, people yeah. like Kobe Bryant. So for me, sports journalism started, you know, just as a kid, you know, wanting to, to talk sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that transitioned in, you know, into me you know, really wanting to, um, to get into it, you know, fully, you know, and so throughout high school, I really didn't, um, didn't know I wanted to do this. I, you know, I wanted to, to be a journalist or anything like that. I wasn't even in journalism in high school, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, you know, it, it, for me came kind of like around when the pandemic happened, it was like, I, I was able, like everybody else, they were inside, you know, not really, you know, having too much, you know, to do, but, you know, stream and you know do whatever you could you know to pass the time by you know and also to make sure that you're keeping yourself healthy and so 
I came up with this idea, you know, I can go to school online. I mean, I can potentially go after, you know, this degree. I have some prerequisites that'll get me, you know, a little bit further ahead, you know, and whatnot. So in uh, 2019, uh, 2020, I um, I enrolled in Full Sail University, uh, which is a sports broadcasting uh, university. Uh, just saying this off tops right now, do not recommend it to anybody at all <laughs> after the experiences that I went through. Right. Um, you know, while I, well, while I was there, I was able to learn a lot. Um, I was able to do a lot. Um, but I, I went through a lot of negative, yeah. I, I went through, you know, a lot of negative shit, uh, that, that I feel, um, no one should be subjected to, um, especially a person, a person of color, um, a person who like myself is Afro-Indigenous. So I, I, I really seriously don't, you know, fuck with stuff like that. You know, while I was there, I kind of really learned how they groom uh groom us uh us being you know people from the african diaspora uh mm. from you know the indigenous diaspora uh they groom us into basically uh selling out uh and conforming to you know white uh, ideological stand uh standings on on sports uh politics um you know and they try and filter it by making you feel like because you want to take a stance on something you're wrong for it. And they play this like manipulative game. I have emails got um, grades, like even graded because, you know, I take a stance on something, but there's really nothing wrong with what I'm saying, you know, mm. and there's really nothing wrong with the criteria. I, I did everything that they asked, but they just don't like it because of their political views, which yeah, is yeah. bullshit. Yeah, um, and so, you know, I learned, I learned a, a lot of good things there, like how to run a podcast um, how to create a rundown, um, how to, if I had, if I was on ESPN right now, mm -hmm. you know, how, how many time frames and breaks and stuff do I have? Um, you know, which camera do I look at? You know, like there's a camera that's right here, but mm -hmm. I'm looking at you right here. You know, it's like yeah. framework and stuff like that. How to, how to manage, um, you know, how to, how to also factor in journalism into that, you know, doing your own research, you know, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people think, that people like Stephen A. Smith and, you know, all of these announcers that, that we see that they do the research, they do all the in, the information, they don't, they have people behind them, you know, some of which have 20, 20 plus staff members, just one person. Um, and they gain all the information for these individuals to make them look the way that they do. Right. So right. I started to realize that this school was really grooming me to be, in essence, a slave. You know, in my opinion, you right, know, right. a slave to to media, you know, I'm going to, you know, you work your ass off until we're good and, you know, good and ready to give you what you rightfully deserve because you have, you know, you've gone to school for it. So seeing that, seeing how, you know, they treated people, you know, via the grades, grading process, how they just treated people in general, I decided, you know what, I'm going to play, I'm going to roll this out till, you know, I can get my, my degree because I was in an accelerated program. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to transfer. So when I got to the, you know, to the, the point where I was getting ready to graduate, I transferred to a school called Ohlone College, which is a school named after my indigenous roots uh, to Northern California. Okay. And so transferred there, still currently am there, um, you know, transferred there uh, with hopes of literally just graduating to transfer so I can start my master's degree <laughs> um, yeah. and full sell, you know, fucked me over and basically decided that some of the credits that I obtained there uh, were not transferable. Um, so I'm basically in a process where I had a bachelor's degree, you know, quote unquote, 
for sports journalism, for uh, broadcasting, for uh, and it was basically a science degree, mm. a bachelor's degree. Um, and I'm having to redo some of those prerequisites uh, and classes um, all over again. It's a, it's a short amount, but it still goes to show you that when you take a stance and you kind of, you know, put yourself in a position to, you know, not really care how they, you know, not necessarily how they treat you, but you don't really let it affect you to the point where it affects your grades or anything like that. They still will come in any way, shape or form uh, back to retaliate against you for not obeying their orders for basically not bowing down and kissing their asses and you right. know saying i'm going to talk shit about people from my own community the way that stephen a smith does mm -hmm. um so they basically so, they really want you to just shut up and dribble basically just go along go along with the status quo with the, with the with go everything. along with the get along yeah. uh you know talk about black athletes in a manner that makes them uh demon that demonizes them that puts them in a position to where they're only looked at as uh, uh commodities as again property yeah. um that's what they treat you but they also want you at the same time to per to praise you know white individuals and they do that because when you hear a, a sports announcer talk on like the nfl most of which are white mm. announcers some of which are brothers um you know but you hear the way that they talk Mm -hmm. And it's very pro-America. It's very pro, Absolutely. you know, the, the the flag. It's very, you know, pro, quote unquote, what they call unity. But really, it's conformity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what they teach you. They teach you to, like how you said, shut up and dribble, shut up and yeah. throw, shut up and, and, you know, hit the tennis racket, whatever it is. You know, whatever sports you play, whatever profession that you, you, you deal in, um, they want you to stay within those confines and not have any political understanding of what you should have, uh, which is we live under a capitalist system. We live under an imperialist mode um, that demonizes people and it tells people to conform to a system or fall and perish to it, mm -hmm. either or. Mm -hmm. um, now, what where I choose, you know, is I'd let this motherfucker burn. So, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. uh, and that's just how how I've, I've been, you know, and, and this mm -hmm. is not something that I've I've, you know, since, you know, five years old, I've known I've known about the modes of capitalism and how, it, you know, how it's treated people. No, I just barely in the last I would have to say seven, eight years have been, you know, really doubling down on education like that to really understand how these institutions work and how they ate in a bed, what our brother, you know, his, his, our brother Diallo has said is white hegemony, um, yeah. because there's nothing supreme about, about white people um, other than their destruction. So, yeah, listen, I 100% understand what you're saying. And uh, shout out to, to bro Diallo, by the way. But, um, but yeah, man, listen, would you care to maybe share one or two like specific examples of certain things that you might have, you know, uh, just experiences that you've lived uh, that show that show yeah, exactly and, what you're and, talking and, about. You know, it, yeah. So there was this one time, and I'll I'll send you uh the 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 Vimeo uh link and whatnot so you can see it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, we had this uh assignment that we had to do. It was uh for midterms, and uh the assignment was for me to create a uh find a demographic of people, a certain age group, certain um criteria of uh, monthly income or yearly income, um and try and persuade uh, an individual to buy season tickets from that age bracket that I chose. Okay. So at that time I was working at a reservation uh, that was closely associated. It was Yamava uh, Band of Mission Indians, uh, formerly known as 
um, San Manuel Band of Mission Indians. Uh, they have a sponsorship with the Dodgers. Uh, they're very, you know, their capitalism lies in in indigenous communities too, northern of Northern America with three Ks. Um, you know, working at this reservation, mind you, um, they have big, extravagant mansions, houses that still sit above the a casino and whatnot. Extravagant, and it's disgusting to kind of see um, because they, in, in essence, you know, conform to it. But there was a person that was living there that I was, you know, generally close to. Um, because I was their irrigation specialist. So I worked at the San Manuel uh, Band of Mission in Indians ca uh, Casino and Reservation as an irrigation spe specialist and as a tree trimmer. So I'm, I'm a man of, uh, of, many, <laughs> of many crafts as, as most okay. are. I didn't just, you know, like I said, journalism wasn't the first, first thing, you know, just something that I kind of fell into as a passion and love yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and something I just wanted to, to dive into. But um you know, I talked to this person. I said, hey, I was like, do you have season tickets, you know, for like the Dodgers or anything like that? And, you know, first he was kind of skeptical, like, oh, I'm not going to give you my season tickets thinking I wanted them. But I didn't. Um, I just wanted to gain a little bit of information from him because I was I.E. going to school and working. So this was a part of a, my midterm. So I told him, I said, I just like to get some information from you just kind of, you know, to help me out with the project of mine. And um, from that point, you know, he gave me all the information, how much he was making yearly, uh, which blew my mind to know that you know this community gets almost eighty thousand eighty one thousand dollars oh every two weeks they get so that's a hundred and sixty two dollars a hundred and sixty two thousand dollars that they get um you know monthly while some other people in their community uh suffer um so when he told me that i went i inputted everything in there you know did the demographic got the statistics and stuff like that found you know historical facts to kind of prove you know how 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 this came to be and stuff like that gave it to the teacher. The teacher comes back. Now there is no right or wrong answer to this. Okay. It's you found something in it. You've proven it through stats, through actual facts, a real person I have that's able to buy season tickets. that's able to make this amount of money. That's at this age bracket found that person. So there's no right or wrong. It's just, you do what you need to do to kind of persuade your argument. So I persuaded it very swiftly. The teacher comes back. Uh, professor and she said this is all wrong and then pr proceeds to say you should have said a, a 40 year old white man and makes her makes this much and so when I heard that I had pushback and I said there's a lot of racial insensitivity here you're basically mm -hmm. saying that an indigenous person cannot afford at this age to pay for season tickets and then you're using I'm using major league stats to justify that they can while you're using minor league stats, which is not what the assignment asked for. So it was like putting me in a situation where now, how, how is it that the, the student now becomes the teacher? It felt <laughs> like, <laughs> right. um, you know, and, and I just stated, you know, there's a lot of racial insensitivity here, you know, yeah, and yeah. you take that for what you are. I mean, you can say, say I'm saying that you're racist, but really I'm just saying there's a lot of racial insensitivity, which means you're insensitive basically to you know racial you know talking points stereotypes mm -hmm. which is that indigenous people can't afford a season ticket for baseball right fuck right. out of here you know <laughs> yeah um so yeah. you know that's one one example another example i could give you um is, is and, I, and i have the text messages still to prove it basically they told me after i called that teacher out i made basically like a formal complaint because she gave me a d Okay. Um, and I, I just felt, and I, I appealed it. I wanted to appeal. I felt like this shit ain't right. Right. Um, so I had another person grade it 
And they gave me because they were couldn't I found out they were colleagues. I ever, so it was the same grade that I got over and over and over. So I said, you know what? Okay, fine, forget it. Um, I actually have three things I can show you. They were the the this just to kind of keep on to the second one. Yeah. Uh, I have a text message with uh an instructor, a head instructor of of Full Sail. Um, that's very close to Dan Patrick. And if people don't know who Dan Patrick is, Dan Patrick is the person who founded Full Sail's uh, school of of sports broadcasting. Hmm. Um, he goes in the text message basically to tell me that I'm wrong, that I don't know what racism is. I don't know what it looks like and proceeds to say, and I, you know, I take it, you know, there's just certain things when you hear them, you see them differently. You can hear it, you can read it different, but it, it processes a little differently. Mm-hmm. He basically told me like, I need to act more white basically. And I got, I have the proof to prove, to prove all this. So I don't, you know, there, I don't need to lie about none That's of this crazy. shit. Um, basically told me to act, you know, more white to basically get in line, boy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, that was Straight the up. last straw. That was basically the last straw and for which made me transfer. Um, mm-hmm. after I had seen where my credits were at, after I seen, I was in a position to where I was getting ready to graduate. Let's just get the fuck out of here, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't need to deal with none of this no more. Yeah. Um, the third incident, uh, happened in the middle of, of it, um, I had a, a old podcast called ICB podcast and it was with someone who was going to full sale with me at the time. Um, now that podcast has dissolved. It actually was turned into um, the podcast for which that I was the correspondent for the Atlanta dream. So it was turned into the living the dream podcast, which yeah. I on this podcast now with, with us, this recording that we're doing, I can say that I now have full ownership of that back and okay. we'll be doing more sports uh, based uh, shows on that pot on you know on that podcast hopefully in the nice. next couple of months um you know getting back into the swing of things on that end um but i had a podcast called the icb podcast and we covered anything from hockey to basketball wrestling we had yeah. about uh two other individuals that were correspondents that were you know you know did their own little thing and whatnot um we did an episode on a I you I can't even say it was a lecture, dog, because it I didn't learn shit. Um, <laughs> it was like it reminded me of. Have you ever heard when when Jimmy Butler talks about how they used to go over film when he was in Philadelphia when Brett Brown was the coach? He he, it, they didn't learn any. He felt like they didn't learn anything, okay. and that was was one of the the misconnections uh, that they had, you know, and why that the team ended up not making it as far as they did because he just felt like. There wasn't any, he didn't know who the coach was, basically. I think it was one of the things that he said. Wow. So we're in this lecture, and this lecture has three, three, uh, three stages. So it's three different individuals that are going to be speaking on three different parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three different professors. Um, as we're going along, I'm thinking they're going to be teaching us some shit. You know, they're going to be telling us what, what we're going to be learning. And it's like, no, they're scolding us, saying, uh, one person, one dude said, um, uh, we we took shit in college and in universities from our professors, so now it's time for you to take shit from us. When I heard that, yeah. I was like, "Yep, nope, that's the why would you uh, even say that? Like, the how how do how does that even encourage an individual to want to learn or to yeah, exactly. or, or to you know it it does it does nothing for me. So again, I learned nothing from that, and I compared it because I like to add comic relief to even some of the the most you know terrifying shit in the world. Um, circumstances, you know, I said being in that lecture in that zoom meeting, cause it was all, it was all online based. So it was all through zoom. Um, 
it was like I was in the in an AA meeting for the wrong addiction. Wow. You know, like I'm hearing, I'm an alcoholic and I'm hearing people talk about, you know, heroin addiction. You right. know, this is not the, this is the wrong setting for me. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it made me, it made me feel again, like I didn't, I didn't belong. Like y'all, they didn't care. You didn't, y'all don't give a shit about me. Um, you know, and that was just kind of like one of the, one of the many, you know, kind of straws that broke the camel's back, you know, for yeah. me. And it, it put me in the position that I am today. And I'm kind of glad that I left. Um, because going through these situations, they teach you, you grow, you know, um, you, you, you tend to understand and you're able to navigate if some shit like this happens again. Yeah. And, you know, so not that I thank them for being shitty or, or diabolically, you know, racist and fascist, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it, it, it has taught me, you know, how to watch out for people like that. So like, if I could give you examples, those would be some examples and I, I will be shooting you mm -hmm. over some of this, uh, some of the audio, there's audio, like whole ass audio, her basically saying I should yeah. choose a white man over an indigenous person and then completely disregarding, you know, and grand and then grandstanding at the top on, on top of that yeah. minor league statistics that mean nothing to a major league project. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, it was the, the student, you know, becomes the teacher and it that should never that should never i mean it should happen in some instances when it's positive but like this bro like no yeah, sure. it, it was it was wrong it was wrong so, listen, but man. yeah if you want that info i can i can give it to you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, man listen i really I, I appreciate you sharing that man because you know it makes me realize how much you know they they really protect the empire you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying and really it makes perfect sense you know what i'm saying that journalism and specifically sports journalism there that it that it is used you know as a propaganda tool that it yeah. is used you know to push capitalism the way they do it since you know so many people use sports as an outlet to you know what i'm saying to to chill out to to think about other things to relax they use sports right they're like no nah, i want to watch sports i want so sports journalism is perfect for the system to use all these journalists and be like, nah, listen, this is where we're, this is what we have to push. This is the yeah. agenda, you know, and, um, and protect capitalism, you know what I'm saying? And then speaking of, of that, we, I want to get a little bit into, you know, how capitalism is pushed through all these big time events, sporting events, you know, yep. such as, such as the Super Bowl, the NBA all-star weekend, you know, just, just because I know some people are still confused with what capitalism really is. You know, there's still people out here, who believe that you know capitalism you know it can be good you know open market you know you just have to work hard all this bullshit you know could you please give us like a short definition of of, of capitalism or define it in your ways yeah um i mean in my own words it, it it's it that's a whole episode like this <laughs> <laughs> i know i know um, the, um if I had to use somebody else's words and then, you know, compound uh, on on that, you know, I would use one of the fathers of Pan-Africanism, you know, uh, Kwame Nkrumah, uh, when he states, you know, um, you know, capitalism is nothing more than the gentleman's uh, method of slavery. Um, you know, to compound, you know, on that is, is that capitalism is, not, is, is nothing more than one of the major tools like racism is that upholds white hegemony. So mm -hmm. until we address white hegemony and understand that capitalism and racism go hand in hand mm. and then in, in, one can't function without the other um then we're back to square one to not really understanding you know 
who our real oppressors are. Uh, capitalism aids and abeds uh, what we like to call, uh, what people like to call settler colonialism. But, you know, as our, our bro Diallo, you know, say, uh, states, these aren't settlers, these were invaders, um, you know, so absolutely, it is, it is, it is the byproduct of justifying settler colonialism, manifest yeah. destiny, upholds what we now see going on uh, with our comrades in Philistine, you know, uh, where they're being bombarded by ethnic cleansing, bombs, um, and Zionism, mm -hmm. um, which is, again, the bastard child of, of, you know, settler colonialism. So, you know, all capitalism is, is one of the major focal points that upholds the continuation of our oppression. And until we completely address it, dismantle it, burn that bitch, uh, then we we're we're still we're still in a position of not really understanding and not really doing anything to understand, mm. um, you know. So if if I you know to just to compound on on what you know, you know the great Nkrumah uh, stated, you know, it that's that's what that would be my definition, yeah. um, you know, like how you said, um, you know these these systems aid in a bed, you know these extravagant ass events that we have called like the Super Bowl halftime show, the Super Bowl, Absolutely. Um, you know, the NBA all-star uh, event, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they've even profound on it. They've, they've created new events like the play-in tournament for the NBA. Um, you yeah. know, now NHL is doing their own all-star. Yeah. Um, I know, hear the all, NBA, all... the NBA is going to do like a two day draft. Now they, they want to make it like another yeah. whole event. You know what I'm saying? And people, and people are applauding this though. You know what I'm saying? People are, yeah, it's good. They're finding new, they're innovating. So, you know, uh, it goes to show, man, I, I I heard you say at the beginning of the show how how we need podcasts, you know what I'm saying? Like the ones, mm -hmm. you know, you and I, and today, everyone, literally everyone is dropping a podcast, right? Like retired players, <laughs> you know, right. and, but, but the problem is they're all saying the same shit. They're all pushing the exact narrative that you spoke about, you know what I'm saying? They're all right in line with the, with the thing. Pushing capitalism. You also, you also notice too a lot of these former NBA players, as much as they preach black excellence and upholding black individuals and finding you know giving people jobs and stuff, a lot of these individuals hire OFAs. You know, mm -hmm. people don't know who who OFAs are. For I don't know if your podcast is aware of that yeah. term, but that's that's a white man. That's that's a white mm -hmm. boy, um, mm -hmm. hiring them. You know, um, for to do something that someone can easily do uh, from from their own community. Um, right. You know, and I'm not against, you know, any, any, any type of integrating podcast or anything like that. That'd be fucking wild. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I have, I have people on my podcast that are from different, you know, demographics of people, uh, different no cultures and stuff like that. No it's doubt. just, they, in, in this, in this instance, when you see like Pat Bev have mm -hmm. Rome, a guy like Rome, and then Rome goes and says some shit about Israel and Palestine and Pat Bev doesn't really double down on or try and tell like we like, no, nah, you don't really understand. Or he puts himself in a position because there's a black man in the room. He thinks he could be like every other white boy. And mm -hmm. I can't say, you know, the N word, you know, but I could get as close enough to it by speaking in AAVE, Amer you know, African-American vernacular English, you know, mm -hmm. which is putting me in a position to where I feel comfortable, you know? And sure. I think that that's, I think that that's why I think that at the same time, they uphold, again, the agendas of white hegemony. They mm -hmm. uphold the values of capitalism and what they, what they, what I say is consumerism, you know, and it's, it's, it's sick to watch. It's sick to watch. And I'm an I'm admirer of, of, of Pat Bebs on the court value, but yeah. his off the court 
I can't really I can't really mess with the man like that 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 you know is not not willing to put himself in a position to really understand what's going on. You know, I commend him on that Josh Giddy shit. Uh, you know, but yeah. Other than that, a lot of these individuals, they that's all they want is money. You know, they're they're only on a podcast and, so that then then they can place their narrative in front of the people who are against them, which is the same people who they side with, which is the media. So yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild, man. But listen, a lot of people, they don't realize it because so many people are still completely lost. You know what I'm saying? Within this, yeah. they still don't grasp all these concepts that right now we're talking about. So, you know, when, when a lot of these guys on their podcast, they say like, you know, they'll cover like sports, what they call culture and music. They'll be like, yeah, this is sports, culture and music, right? So then they'll, they'll start talking and then they'll be like, yeah, it's about more than the game or they'll be like, it's about more than the music. And then they'll be like, you know, it's the business, you know, it's the business, the business is so. And so they think they're doing these people a favor. You know, they, they think they're doing, they're doing the listeners a favor by breaking down the business and saying how we need to put the business first and how that's the way it is. So we need to, that's the game. They'll be talking about, you know, people basically, taking advantage of other people, right? Oppressing other people. And they'll be like, well, that's the game. We need to learn the game. You know what I'm saying? And they, and you know, but it's, it's what a lot of people talk about when they say, you know, we've never been free. You know what I'm saying? Us at least, you know what I'm saying? It's been so many years that we don't know what it's like. So we can't even, a lot of people can't even imagine. We can't even think it, right? So we just think that this is it. This is what we got. This is freedom. A lot of people are thinking they're, it's freedom just because they can consume. They think they're free. Like, oh, this is freedom. I can go. I can buy this. I can buy that. You know what I'm saying? So we're so far. We're so far away, man, that there's a lot of work to be done. And um, a lot of these podcasts are basically working against what we need to do and, and against the, the way we need to go, man. Yeah. And like how you said, a lot of these podcasts, they a lot of them are just in it for for the clickbait they're in it to to get the views they're in it you know to to persuade you know people to the wrong agenda um you know like i i i watched like there's a i think 450 podcast with jeff teague uh gills arenas uh yeah, um yeah. now he's on club shay shay yeah. um you know like all these podcasts you know bringing people on you know talking their shit you know some of which most are intoxicated yeah, absolutely. And you know, they have liquor uh, sponsors. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's it's wild because all it's doing is painting this narrative, you know, like when I think one of the saddest days in history was when I seen Shannon Sharp bring on a bottle in a black bag too, uh, a black plastic bag, yeah, 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 black yeah. and milds and a bottle of Hennessy and tried to to justify that as like aesthetics for the black community. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that that shit was whack because I we're more it. than just Hennessy were more than just black and milds. If he were, if he really was who he said he, who he says he is and really is for the community, then he'd go out there and say that, you know what, Jack Daniels owes, owes some people a lot of fucking money. They owe a lot of people a lot of money because the people who found the, the individual who founded the recipe for Jack Daniels was a black man. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a, no white dude. Uh, yeah. you know, no Ofe. And, and you know, it's 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 sad. It's sad to know that like you get people like Gills Arena that basically, you know, bastardized and and demonized uh, a a woman. Uh and I'm talking about uh, Miko Grimes. Uh she, you know, former uh former professional baller uh, abroad. Yeah. 
um, you know, decided to, because she took a stance on um, Carl Malone uh, by calling him you yeah. um, because he's a, he's a, he's a child molester. Um, and that's a fact the man and the, the, the child ended up making it to the NFL. And so he can no longer uh, say that that's a lie. You know, he's living in his own, I wouldn't even say in his own misery because for a man to be put on the the top 75 list, the NBA ballers, and it did, did something like this. I find it's wild. It's wild. But again, that's yeah. the NBA. Mm -hmm. um, but to know that they did that to Miko Grimes and then double down on it by trying to get some guy, by getting another uh, uh, star on there, uh, a WNBA star, thinking that that was going to solve everything. It was whack. Um, and, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, like, and what's crazy too, gambling. I got to say too, all of these podcasts have gambling things like all of them. sports all bets. Of them. You yeah. know, underdog, uh, prize yeah. picks, uh, yeah. fan duel. And they um, all say, you know, and they all say it when they're when they're promoting them, they all say it's a quick, easy way to make some money. Easy way yeah, to make quick, some bread, man. I made some bread off of this. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's not, man. I I, I don't I don't advise that uh for anybody uh no. at all. Um and, and and again, it's just again having our people buy into shit that they shouldn't be buying into and then of saying course. that it's yeah, for yeah. it's for the people it's for the culture and stuff that's like it. that and it's 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 not most that's of not the shit, what our culture is yeah exactly you know? most of the shit that they call our culture is basically shit that's detrimental to our people you know what i'm saying that's what they call it they call, oh this is the culture the black and miles you know whether whether it's the black and miles the liquor the fried chicken you know what i'm saying the gambling all this crazy shit that's detrimental to our people you know, a lot of times they they say, "No, this is this is it. This is part of our culture. This is not our culture, man. This is all subculture shit, and it's and it's detrimental, man." No, um, you know, if like how you said, like how how we have all like these extravagant events, um, you know, like the Super Bowl, if if we could, I, you know, mm -hmm. I'd like to talk about no doubt, you know, how the, the how the Super Bowl came to to be what it is, you know, today. Please. In 1992, uh, there was an in an in living color halftime show that they had. Um, for people who don't know who in the living color is, uh, it was arguably one of the greatest shows of the 90s for uh, for people of of color. Um, you kind of seen a mixture of people, comedians, people like Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, um, I think Tommy Davidson, uh, a, a, a plethora of other people. Um, it's where Jennifer Lopez got her start as a, a backup dancer. Um, but they did a halftime show and it was a halftime show to um, on Fox. It was like competing. They were the competing uh, market, but they had a countdown countdown clock so that they could tune, you know, have people go over to watch uh, the Super Bowl. Um, now, the Super Bowl had their own halftime show, which was called, I think, Winterfest. And I believe Gloria uh, Estevez, I believe, um, was the one of the main singers that was there. Mm -hmm. And you've seen. Uh, basically in living color beat them in the ratings. Uh, and then that prompted the next year for people like Michael Jackson uh, to be, you know, basically paying to be a part of the Super Bowl because a lot of people think that these artists are paid. They're not paid to play the Super Bowl right. at all. So just as much as you think Jay-Z is getting, you know, all these artists paid and whatnot now, fuck no. They're paying just as much as people are paying for ads for the Super Bowl. They've now capitalized off it for what since 1992 to 2022. That's what you know, almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, so so you add two more years to it. You know, that's 32 years they've been profiting off of an idea 
and off of ratings, you know, a boost in ratings that was given to them by people of color, um, yeah. you know, and it, this this whole, you know, halftime show, you know, is a part of, you know, traditions and, and communities and stuff. That's a white aesthetic. We only oh, watch football because white people have told us to watch football because, you know, or because a brother has said something, you know, or we have our favorite baller, you know, is, you know, dribbles or shoots good, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's all a part of a white system. So until we start to understand that even the NBA and the NFL are a part of white hegemony, mm -hmm. which means they need to be dismantled, which means every person who's from the African diaspora who plays basketball needs to stop playing for the NBA, create their own league. And we got into that, I believe, uh, behind uh, behind the scenes. We talked about yeah, even both. the African league in Africa is owned by the NBA. So it's Absolutely, like, the ball. You know, the ball, the basketball African league. Yeah, owned by the NBA, same thing. You know, uh, so until we can, you know, really consciously come to an agreement and say we're not playing, you know, and, and this goes back to, you know, like what Abdul, uh, you know, Mahmoud Abdul. Mahmoud Abdul, Abdul yep you know, has, has stated is that there is, there really isn't a, a, a political stance. It's more of a conform stance to playing basketball and continuing the ways of, of, you know, it, this affecting people's lives, the way that his life was affected, the way that Craig Hodges life, you know, was affected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, when we look at these halftime shows, we, we got to put ourselves in a perspective to really understand that all we're doing is feeding the narrative which is that these are justified during this during when usher was doing was doing all this and shit they mm -hmm. were bopping you know dropping bombs on rafa you know absolutely yeah and so we're we're not conscious enough you know these these halftime shows are made to blind us from what really is going on yeah. the real yeah. narrative that white hegemony has festered all throughout the world and we're getting to a point now where everybody's starting to realize it and they're doing any and everything they can right now to get us to not recognize that mm -hmm. oh you see us yeah. dropping bombs in gaza oh we're going to tell you about you know uh biden doing another another act you know assigning some shit you know or whatnot oh you you want to know what's going on in uh you know you're finding out what's going on in gaza and ukraine and the congo and sudan and haiti oh okay we're going to give you the epstein list you mm -hmm. know so it, 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 it deters you away from from what really is going on i don't care about that list of people because some of those people right now are living, breathing, got money, mm -hmm. you know, putting themselves in a position to get more buying right. into this capitalist mode. Right. And so they don't care. I care about the liberation of people. Okay. And I think that right now, again, manufactured consent runs fucking wild through, yeah. through, through everything. They, they make people believe that we need to watch halftime shows and yeah. we need to watch the Super Bowl. We need to follow every playoff game. You know, pay your $74.99, whether it be uh, YouTube, Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, you know, yeah. pay for these subscri these subscriptions, not knowing that they're monopolies now. Yeah. Peacock is a monopoly. HBO Max is a monopoly. They're owned by, then you look at who owns them, Absolutely. you know, and who, who actually profits off of that. You know, they're owned by somebody else and then they're owned by somebody else and then they're owned by and somebody else. And at the end else. of the day, it's three people owning everything. Yeah, and it's three major companies that own everything. I just found out right now that products like Hidden Valley Ranch are made by Clorox companies. Yeah, you know. So while they're making bleach, they're also they're also making ranch yeah, dressing. Of
they're also uh, making balsamic vinaigrettes you know yeah. and it's, it's it's some shit some sick shit the you ingredients know, are some... probably similar anyway man and I gotta get, I gotta give you some, <laughs> I gotta give you and Diallo, you know, a lot of credit because this this vegan lifestyle has really showed me a lot, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. it's put me right on. I felt on the right track to really understanding what my body, you know, needs to consume. Mm. And the I wasn't gonna learn that by watching the halftime show, dog. Right, <laughs> so, right. I'm sure, I'm sure. Man. Even though they're saying, you know, they're starting to say just the same. You know, they're starting to be like, you know, this veganism is being pushed on us. <laughs> Just the I, same. I, you know what? On Gil's Arena, I think he talked about that, like the vegan, you know, veganism and whatnot. And again, these people and I'm, you know, I'm going to just say, it, you know, it might be an ableist term or ableist word, but these people are stupid. Mm, yeah. You got all that money in the world and you don't have, a, I mean, you don't know what thrift books is. And again, it's the people that they surround themselves around. They're surrounded by people who want to uphold white hegemony, consumerism, yeah. capitalism, yeah. racism, you know, oh. and, you know, blindly upholding racism by meaning that some of these people don't really even understand how racist or, or, or even prejudiced, I should say, they are towards their own communities, For sure. you know? And it's wild when you get a person like Monique that mm -hmm. goes on, you know, uh, Club Shay Shay's podcast and talks about black women while also being a black woman and demonizing black women because they go into Walmart wearing a bonnet and pajamas and says, oh, that's a Halloween costume. No, you want to know what's a Halloween costume to me? A Halloween costume to me is exactly what you're exhibiting right now, which is, again, you're playing white face mm -hmm. without wearing the makeup. Mm -hmm. You don't need to wear the makeup no more. You don't need to paint your yeah, face yeah, white. Yeah. You know, all you need to do is just act, say, and do, you mm -hmm. know? So that's, that's who I think, you know, is wearing, is wearing the costume because you're masking a raid around like you're black excellence and you're not, you're the bottom of the barrel to me. Mental black show. excellence to me is people, you know, as we're in the month of, of, of black history month yeah. is people like Paul Robeson. People like the uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, Kwame, you know, Nkrumah, Sekou Toure, uh, you know, Kwame Toure, you know, the Black Panther Party, the you know, uh, a certain a certain few. Gotta be, gotta be exact. Right. right. <laughs> and, and, well, what happened, you know, is for a certain time period, time frame, and then you know, <laughs> after certain years, some people started, you know, going their own way. But let's said, let's yeah, exactly. let's remember let's remember the Black Panther Party as the 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 real the real Black Panther the real, Party. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not the not the ones you know, that got the, into into U.S. politics and shit. The, the I, and I still don't understand that. I you know. Uh, but uh, um, there, that's how it is, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of movement dropouts, man. There's a lot of people who yeah. act like act as if you know as if the war was over. As if we didn't still have the political prisoners locked up, as if they weren't still killing us, as if you know uh, this homicide wasn't on. You know, people still act like that, like like it's all over. Like, oh yeah, back in the day, you know. But uh, it, that's just a reality, man. But it's it's amazing to to get back a little bit to the Super Bowl and all that. It's amazing how quickly people forget, man. Because I remember not too long ago with the whole Kaepernick thing. Yeah, a lot of I, I was hearing a lot of brothers like, yeah. We boycotting the NFL. Let's do it. Fuck it. We boycotting the NFL. We're not watching. We, you know, they're, they're wrong for this. They're wrong for that. And man, the year after that, pretty much it was all over, man. It was all over. You know what I'm saying? And all these, all these years, Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. You know what I'm saying? In the NFL. 
Right. And, and, you know, I, I'd like to also speak to that because I feel like a lot of people aren't really understanding what's going on. That man settled with the NFL. He did. The NFL he did. Is, the man, that man's not going to get a job he in the did. NFL. We haven't heard him. We haven't we haven't heard much of much about it from him anymore. Right. He hasn't yeah, been exactly. speaking up. Right. No, yeah. He, he, he got his little piece of change, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and as, as much as he, you know, makes these efforts to try and persuade the NFL to to bring him, I guarantee right. you. Something within that settlement that was that that probably isn't going to be disclosed for a very long time, right? Is that they're not going to give him a job in the NFL, whether like I mean they won't give him a job holding the towels. Yeah, he won't yeah, yeah. get a job. He won't get a job like that. But I think I think I, he I, honestly I think he shouldn't want to man. He should you know exactly to why be honest. Wanna, why to, would you want to go? That's that's like that's like getting whipped by your master yeah. thirty times. And then going back to your master and saying, can you whip me again? Yeah, but you see, know? see, I, I do understand um the love and desire to play to play the, the sport that you that you've yeah. been working on. But I think, you know, go play in it for another league. Like go play maybe for the second best league in the world. I don't know. Go play in Canada or something. I don't know. I don't know where the second yeah. best football league is. It's probably the Canadian league. I'm not sure, but you know what I'm saying? I if know, you, uh, if you really want to keep Right. If you, if, if you if you really want to keep playing football, go to another league, man, even though it's mm -hmm. a lower level league, man, like, you know, you're still going to find the love of the game, you know, but mm -hmm. again, they're, they're, you know, as much as I like, you know, people would like to say that Colin Kaepernick is an activist and he stood on his rounds and whatnot. He's still conformed to white hegemony. Yeah. He's still a AIDS consumption. I mean, he signed a Nike deal. You exactly. Know, yeah. His jersey and stuff. I like think. That. I so think again, initially. I think initially what he did was interesting. I think initially what he did was interesting, but then I think he, because I think he was inspired by, you know, some true shit and what he wanted to do was correct. And then he started. I think he wanted to learn more. He he got with. I know he got with a few real real um organizers and activists. But then with time, like you said, he ended up signing the Nike deal, which Nike is like, mm -hmm. you know, he ended up doing a bunch of shit that just didn't didn't really follow the way I wish he would have went, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it, and it's unfortunate, you know, but that that's just again another example to, to for for us to understand is that this <laughs> Cointel Pro still exists till this day, bro. Absolutely. You know, they they'll they'll put someone in front of us that looks like us, sounds like us, acts like us, but behind closed doors, you know, they're writing notes, getting, you know, assignments from other people agendas from other people mm -hmm. um and they're propagating that which is what we see you know on these on these podcasts what we see at halftime shows you know um like like the commercials during during the super bowl i seen uh i was scrolling through tiktok and i seen one of these commercials where it was talks about jesus and and whatnot um religious and, propaganda you know, going in it, again religious propaganda that's used to try and unify people okay but but then they they I see the the uh, stop uh, stop Jewish hate, um, you know uh, on there like stop. They Jewish went in hate, like that. They, oh man, I didn't watch, but, I didn't see anything. But man, yeah, they they had commercials on like stop Jewish hate, and then had like a couple minutes later uh, a post about like people in in uh, like Iraq or something like that, like you know in, in, wow. in one of these you know uh, Middle Eastern countries. And I'm like, I know they're not doing this. Like they're they're trying any and every way to try and get people to think that things are okay. 
we right. have an active war that is going on that is and and like a, a whole ass fucking genocide is not happening just in Palestine, but it's been happening in the Congo. You know, people love to talk about the six million Jews that were you know exterminated uh, in 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 World War Two. You know, uh, at the hands of the Nazis. Well, then let's talk about King Leopold and how he killed over ten million Africans, and how that's not labeled a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely, so, man. When the African lives are lost, man, it's like nothing. You know, it's it like means, nothing. It means Every, nothing which, everything you keeps know. going. But remember, it's like remember when um I think it was during COVID, at some point, some journalist like let it all out. I don't know if you remember that, but one journalist started saying, These these kids are dying. And I'm talking about blonde hair, blue eyes kids. You know what I'm saying? He he, he made it. I don't know if you remember that. I don't I don't remember what channel yeah, I went. Yeah, was, like, I know making you're it talking real clear. The, the war. Like in like listen, war. this is white people dying. It's serious. Like it's not these black people now. dying. You know what I'm saying? He was like, this yeah, is no, real. that that yeah. He he also doubled down and said, you know, um, these are not uh, these are civilized people. Right. But, it, exactly. but, but then not really understanding. And he was talking about the the uh, Ukraine. Um, exactly. Exactly. You, Ukraine and Russia. Excuse me. Yeah. And yeah. and what's funny is is that the next segment was them talking to a Congolese man. Uh-huh. Uh about why he are asking him why he's leaving and not standing uh picking up arms in Ukraine. And homeboy was like, I am not Ukrainian. <laughs> that, That's wild. I'm Congolese. That's wow. That is wow. So no, nah, and again, they do they use media. Again, you yeah, see how yeah, like you yeah, just yeah, that yeah. was a, a perfect example for you to uh, to exhibit. Yeah. They use media to get people to to think that it's okay for us to ignore genocide, for mm -hmm. us to ignore the tragedies even that happen here on the within this occupation, um, you know, like Cop City, you know, they don't want us to know about Cop City. So what are they going to do? All Star Game is in Indi Indianapolis, you know. Yeah. LeBron might get traded to the Warriors, you know. So you see how like they deter people with all these big headlines big and shit headlines. like that, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. that way we we're not really focusing on what's really happening right yeah, now, yeah, which sure. is that they're trying to build whole ass military bases for fucking police officers. Yeah. And this is their example and their their solution to ending police brutality is to give them more toys. Absolutely. You know, all you're doing is giving them a playground. We didn't want a playground for them. We wanted playgrounds for children for which they did not occupy. We wanted neighborhoods for which they do not occupy. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want, I, in my opinion, I wanted the dismantling of police officers. I've seen how in certain counties, police officers are, are, not, are not allotted to go to any civil disputes anymore mm -hmm. because, it, you know, any, any mental health. Uh, uh, calls because all they do is make shit fucking worse. They're not here for us, and they never were intended nah, to be. They never were. They man. were intended to uphold Any the policies. So you know, it it's again, manufactured consent runs wild, especially in our communities. And the only way that we can get ourselves to understand what really is going on is to stop aiding things like the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. things like the finals, the All Star games. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. They're, I mean, they, they're even using their own fucking people right now. This, this white hegemonic system, you know, Taylor Swift, right? Um, you know, which I, you know, and I'll just go out there and say this right now. Someone said that Taylor Swift was Michael Jackson level famous. I got to call cap on that. 
<laughs> I heard there was an argument about, you know, they, they were arguing Taylor Swift versus Beyonce. And I think uh, uh, Shannon Sharp was saying that, you know, Taylor Swift was, was more big time than Beyonce. And, you know, the black community went crazy trying to defend Beyonce like, like, it, like it really matters. Like, nah, Beyonce is with us. Beyonce is for us. No, how it is. No, but. Beyonce aids aids the same system that, right. that she talks about right. in her songs, which makes a lot of the music that like the, the music that we listen to today is trash. <laughs> it is trash. There's only a certain amount of artists to the today that I listen to that are relevant. Yeah. Um, JID, you know, J. Cole, relatively everybody from I would have to say from Dreamville, mm -hmm. um, I listen to, but you know, you won't catch me, you know, like, I'm sorry, like the music that they play today is, is trash. All it yeah. does is, is aids more consumption. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, just tell, it tells people to, the, the status quo isn't the status quo, you know, and then they capitalize off of co-opting, you know, uh, you know, feelings even, yeah. you know, like the, the Beyonce's album, you know, talking about, you know, trans rights and stuff like that. She really cared. She would, you know, she would give up and distribute the wealth that she has, but she doesn't. She's giving eighty thousand yeah. dollars to her daughter to buy earrings from an auction, you know, shit like that, Absolutely. you know. And then saying that's black excellence—that's not black excellence to me. Nah. Black excellence is not me, you know, going to you know my white daddy, zaddy executives, you know, and shit like that, and saying you know I can do this amount of albums if you give me this amount of money, you know. Yeah. No, I'm not. That's you're, you're you sold yeah. your soul. That's you the know? thing. We we got the whole black excellence thing fucked up. Like they don't they don't view yep. black excellence as the people who are fighting for our liberation and for our well-being. They view black excellence as, you know, the people who are making money, the people who are thriving within the system of oppression. You know what I'm saying? If you're a black person thriving within the system of oppression, oh, that's black excellence. No, motherfucker, that's not it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we have like people like Killer Mike right now because he won three Grammys, homeboy his. Homeboy has went off his rockers even more than he was off his rockers. Yeah. Um, you know, and it it's sad. It's sad to see because you get people like that that were labeled activists, were labeled, you know, a a, a pro-black, you know, at one point pan-Africanist. Yeah. Um, you know, and now look at you. You won three Grammys, they took you out the uh, damn arena in handcuffs. This he came back and been on every you know local syndicate and sitcom talking about black excellence and what people need to do, you know, telling people they need to go to Greenwood because it's a black owned bank, not really understanding that the CEOs and the investment companies that gave them that were white people. The 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 seafood restaurant he's getting ready to open up with TI <laughs> is is owned by was owned and endorsed by a white <laughs> by white capital. Um, it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad to say because people see him, millions of people, especially who didn't know him, uh, before he won or even after right. he won those Grammys are now going to look at him and be like, Oh, that's black excellence exactly. right there. And it's not people he, like Asada Shakur is black excellence. People absolutely. like Yasin Bey are, yeah. are, is black excellence to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. those agree, are people right now who are actively speaking mm -hmm. and have in the past about the atrocities of white hegemony. You know, which I, I love that, you know, Yassin uh, uh, went out there and called Drake pop because he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there ain't yeah. nothing, nothing hip-hop about that. <laughs> I'm glad he said it, man. I'm glad he said it, you know, and uh, I hope he's not going to push back because he did say something interesting, which I've been thinking about my whole the whole time I've been thinking it. 
obviously I don't have the voice that that Yassine Bey has, but you know, he said basically, it's about more than talent. You know, talent is not yeah. enough. You're a talented rapper. That's great. That doesn't make you hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop is it hip hop was born within the struggle. It's it's for the people. It's a culture that's for the people. So if you yeah. if you're going with the status quo, then you're not hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Period. That's it. You have to be about more than just being nice uh, rhyming. You know what I'm saying? Being nice rhyming is 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 it's a part of the MC. It's great to work on your craft to be good at rhyming, to be witty, to have bars, but it's not enough. That's not that's not the only thing. That's not it, man. You gotta go further than that. You know. Yeah, so, and, you, yeah. and you made you made a valid a valid point. You know, and I'll 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 give you like some kind of personal, uh, shit like my love and admiration for for hip hop. There's like certain songs, dog, that like I hear them. I hear certain uh, uh, instrumentals, mm -hmm. and it 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 takes me back. Like I go through like my child, and I and I and I have instances like that where like I, I'll listen to music, and it'll just put me in a position to start thinking. My right. one of my favorite songs to listen to uh, is "93 Till Infinity." You know, uh, one of another hey, one of my favorite songs to listen to is the, the art of story uh, storytelling. Um, you know, the these these songs are not just from my childhood, but they also, it's kind of similar, like to what, you know, like Ice T said when he was in that interview where he was wearing, you know, shoes with duct tape and the, you know, announcer tried to, you know, clown him. And, you know, he said, I, it keeps me rooted. Hip hop keeps me rooted. Music keeps right. me rooted, you know? And so when I heard, you know, Yassim say, you know, that Drake is, is pop. He is, no doubt. he is because he, because he's been put in a position to where, you know, it's trendy, you know, and stuff like that. You know, like he said, you'd be walking through Target and you can hear some Drake yeah. and, you know, it's pop. And that's not a knock. That's just you're not in a position to where you're not exhibiting positive attributes and, and examples for the community. You're telling people mm -hmm. it's OK to have this big ass fucking compound, this mansion with more rooms than you need. Not only is it, OK, you know, he's pushing for that. He's like, that's that's the exactly shit. That's what you got. It's not you that know, it's OK. Is that aiding, the way aiding to go. and abetting, you know, uh, um the uh, you know substance abuse whether that be you know cocaine you know stuff like that and a lot of people don't understand he's involved in a lot of that shit mm -hmm. um you know aiding and abetting them drinking lean and stuff like that um well, that the, the shit that's the detrimental to our community yeah the dehumanization of women you mm -hmm. know and and how how they should be treated and then using women that, de that dehumanize themselves utilizing them to try and say oh well i look i'm collaborating with like what he just did with sexy red if i'm not mistaken mm. um you know sexy red is a pro-trump supporter so by process of elimination drake is a trump supporter too because anybody who just blindly follows somebody and they yeah. said shit like that doesn't care they're all they're, they're for the money trump's for the money too so they all they i mean they they align every perfectly all, all these guys you know? man. so you know drake ain't hip-hop drake is pop and I'll probably even push that further. He's more like if elevator music had made it, <laughs> had made its way. He, he's definitely elevator. If music that was a genre, point. if that was a genre, <laughs> elevator music, he's in there. No, but listen, what you're saying, man, what you're saying is, is right on because it's like, you know, whenever Drake is like one of the biggest artists, maybe the biggest yeah. rap artist right now. Right. So like, it's like whatever shit he says, people are going to go along with it and they're going to shut the fuck up. They're not going to go against it. The same thing, like yeah. you said, Sexy Red is blowing up, so he's he's going to protect her. Even though she said some dumb shit about Trump, nobody's going to speak up and be like, yo, she's wrong for that. Like, the same shit when Eminem, when Eminem was number one 
and I, I forget who pulled up those tapes. It was maybe Benzino, those tapes of Eminem saying some racist shit about black yep. women. What hip hopper came out like, yo, listen, Eminem, that's fucked up. Eminem, we're, we're boycotting you. Eminem, no, nobody. Everybody shut the fuck up. Some people actually came out in defense. Like, nah, Eminem is not racist. You know what I'm saying? So that's what they do, man. It's the same thing. We're back to the same thing as, as sports, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Protecting, you know, the empire, following the status quo. You know what I'm Protecting saying? these old phase, like how you said, the fact that, you know, I, I want to know where is all these people uh from our community that was fucking with Michael Rappaport now? Where are you at now? <laughs> where yeah. are you at now? Because he, he like it's it's people like that that we put in our community. They're not saying give, shit. We give the pass to, yeah. you know, as far as you're cool, quote unquote, you're you're invited to the cookout type shit. Um, yeah. you know. I was and, I, I, listen now that you not to cut you off. I'm sorry, man, but now that you're talking about Rappaport, man, I was watching like a couple of weeks ago. I was watching Higher Learning again. You remember that movie, yeah. Higher Learning? Yeah. And out, yeah. man, I was like, yo, Rappaport wasn't even acting, man. He was, he, he was playing. No, that himself. was his, that was his true, he was playing true ideological self, and it was probably the easiest payday that he's ever gotten because right. he didn't need to fake the funk. Right, right. He was he able was... to tell people what he really wanted to to, to say, and again. I watched a uh, um, shout out to FD uh, Signifier. Um, I, he creates some of the most, uh, probably the most compelling video essays uh, I've ever seen on on YouTube, and does it in a way that keeps you like so engaged. It's right. crazy. Um, so you know, so shout out to him because I think he did he he did a uh, an episode on higher learning, and it was. I gotta check that out, man. Obviously. Yeah, it, he breaks it down and he he brings in a lot of historical analysis and and whatnot. And I think that's why I like it is because he doesn't just review the the video. It doesn't right, just give right, you right. his personal thoughts. Like he brings in a lot of insight that helps you gain a further understanding as to why these things were made, where they're you know what their sole intentions are and stuff like that. So yeah, again, yeah. shout out to him. Um, you know, like just living, living in, in this system and knowing that there's people like Michael Ravenport, like even people who, who are white that are married into our communities, yeah. you know, now feel like they have some type of justification to talk shit or demonize or demoralize like Gary Owen, uh, for example, is a comedian was married into, you know, married a black woman, mm -hmm. a beautiful black woman. And now feels like he he could you know do racist you know stereotypes of of how black women act and stuff like that you know but he's doing mm -hmm. it in a nice like oh i my, my my wife's black so i get to do this and it's like we got to put ourselves in a position to not allow that shit to happen absolutely anymore because yeah. what we're doing is we're standing on literally slapping each other in the faces back and forth yeah. By saying, you know, we don't give a shit about our liberation, our sovereignty, our self-determination, our value, our worth, who we right. are as black individuals, what we produce and how, how we gain that production back, you know, into our own hands. Yeah. It, it it completely riddles it away. And, you know, like people like Gary Owen, you know, doing doing what he does. Uh, Michael Rappaport, you know, how he was a part of been a part of the black community and then in has been in I don't know how many, you know, black starred films and stuff like that but yet is a zionist 100%. you know and then we wonder why we have a people we have people like Kyrie acting the way that they <laughs> that they act you know yeah. well we got people within the nba that side with zionism that are silent yeah. you know that are complicit with the genocide
you know, so it, it's wild. Uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's sure. a lot of people that need to be put, you know, uh, in their place. And then there's a lot of people that, in my opinion, they just need their ass whooped. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, some people, we've, some people we've lost, we've lost for good. They, they've gone too yeah. far. They, they're, they're, they're done with, man. But listen. Yeah, Cat, Cat Williams is done for. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not, but it's not about, you know what I'm saying? Like, to certain people, we may sound like somewhat arrogant or whatever, but it's not about knowing everything. It's just about being willing mm. to to learn like there's i know there's a lot shit a lot of shit i need to learn still but exactly. i'm but i'm willing to learn i'm willing to go that way and i'm we're willing always to, we're always learning you know we're yeah, always yeah. always uh, consuming right now i'm learning certain things and i'm not even comprehending that i'm you know i am now that mm -hmm. i'm complimenting that i'm learning learning some things right uh, right we, we live in a society where people like how you said you, you might take me to be arrogant you might take me to feel like i'm a fucking know-it-all mm. i don't give a shit all I know is what I've been taught and I'm learning at the same time, yeah, which means yeah, yeah. that I don't put myself in a position to think that I am better than anybody. Ain't Absolutely. nobody better That's than anybody about. in this fucking system. We're all oppressed. We're all subjugated to even having to work, whether it's a, a nine to five, whether yeah. it's a nine to nine, whether it's you work two fucking hours, we're still subjugating to having to work under this capitalist mode, surviving under no this system yeah, in yeah. a way that, you know, certain people don't really understand we all conform to this system to survive yeah, so yeah, until yeah, we can yeah. understand how to not conform to the system and come mm -hmm. up with viable solutions and tactics that completely in all fronts disrupt that system mm -hmm. we're we're back to like how you how we've been saying in this podcast That's we're it. back to square one That's we're it. back to square one but we got to keep we got to keep working we got to keep getting better keep learning and and we got to keep understanding that you know like like Diallo said, you know, revolution is an intellectual endeavor, you yep. know, meaning that, you know, it all starts with ideology. With It all starts within you and how you how you move. Everything you do has to be revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? Within everything that you do, it should be working towards the just aspiration of our people. Right. So whether it's how you move, how you move with your family, how you move with your community, yep. how you, you know what I'm saying? So it's an ongoing process. It's not something that like, you know. A lot of people thinking that, you know, revolution is all about picking up the gun and, you know, the gorilla. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's not what it is. It's an ongoing process. It's on every not front. Just like, We're not. no, of course not. <laughs> Just like they're attacking us on every front. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're attacking us with the food, with everything. So that's, it has to be the same way. We have to be conscious. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's, but. um. Yeah, and, it, and it goes back to, you know, also like one thing that I've always kept prevalent in my mind. Um. For a very long time, you know, I wouldn't say every day I read this quote or whatnot, but I believe it was W.E.B. Du Bois, you know, they said the most dangerous thing to this system is a conscious black man, you know, and I believe that because as soon as we get a conscious black individual that really knows what they're talking about, mm -hmm. what do they do? <laughs> they throw any and everything that they possibly can at them. And if they, that doesn't work, you know, then they demonize them and they do anything and everything that they can to put them in a position to, to not uh, live a fulfilling life to even under this system. Uh, you know, so all I ask is that people read, bro, like is read as much as you can. If you can't read, there's audiobooks, there's podcasts that are out there. This one that you're listening to right now uh, where you can get vital essential information um, for, for which you can go and you can Google, you could look up yourself, yeah, yeah. you know, education, uh, you know, is free to everybody. It should not, you should not have to pay for mm -hmm. education the way that we do under this mode. Um, Absolutely. you know, and so again, and I just want to even say, you know, thank you again for having, for having me on because this exhibits a lot of collective solidarity that we don't really see the Man, fact that, you. you know, 
you're in France right now. I'm <laughs> I'm in Las Vegas, bro. And right. we're doing this, you know, it, you know, yeah, it's different dope, time man. zones and shit. Yeah, and we're yeah. we're making it happen, you know, for the people and we're not putting ourselves in a position to do it for clickbait we're doing it because people need to understand and know certain situations like what happened to me at full sale you know like what happens in sports journalism how it operates understanding that how they groom you Mm -hmm. at a young age to talk shit about your own communities it's it's something that i think is very vital podcasts are vital um education is vital and again no one we're not being arrogant, you know, I feel when we talk about this, sure. you know, but there will be people that will probably perceive it that way. And if you perceive it, it that way, then, hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, no I doubt. keep the pushing just as much as you do. You know, you go your way, I go my way. And that's sure. that, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, if we can get one brother or sister to just listen and be like, yo, these guys are talking about yeah. something and just move towards where we need to go. Then that's the positive. And that's all that's all we can yeah. ask for, man. But listen, I do, you know, it is Black History Month. Yeah. You know, you know, when we when we think, at least when I think Black History Month, you know, to tell you the truth, it's a it's something that today it it has been co-opted, you know, like like, like almost everything else. <laughs> that's a under that's an understatement. <laughs> so they use it so so once again, like I said, once again, we're back to the same thing. They use it to try to sell us shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's Black History Month. You know, mm-hmm. the, the cookout, all this bullshit, you know, but um, I, I, I personally re- recently I've started getting more into into Black August and it has allowed me to um, get more of what it's more of what Black History Month really should be. Absolutely. Uh, what it and, should you know, be what about. it isn't, you, you know, know what I'm saying? for one, like to, to get kind of like historical and kind of where Black History Month come, comes from. It actually started off uh, with a week. Absolutely. It wasn't for Black individuals particularly. It was for other individuals to understand the oppression that Black individuals have faced under this mm-hmm. white hege- hegemonic system. So like when we look at Black History Month now, like how you said, it's super co-opted. Yeah. You know, they're telling people like, uh, to go and buy, go and buy your your Black Fist T-shirts, you know, yeah. go and buy all this. You know, it's, it's all very consumer based. Yeah, 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 it's very consumer based, and it's not really, uh, it's not really riddled in what it originally was intended for, which was for white ofes, snow roaches, to understand the oppression of Black folks, and for Black individuals to understand that also we are more than just the oppression that we we have exhibited. That our history does not start, nor will it end, with slavery. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and so. You know, when I think of, you know, Black History Month, I, ha- I have the same understanding as you is that Black August is a kind of a little bit more revolutionary for me. No it's doubt. more of a yeah. real, a true, a, a truer version of what Black History Month is. And then you look at, too, um, you know, they give us the shortest month in the year, this system to celebrate, you know, uh, our our accolades, you know, our accolades, you know, our, our achievements, you know, and then also to look back at, you know, the, the oppression that they gave us. They, right. <laughs> They give us only 20, 28 days, sometimes 29, if you, if you give in the, the leap year. Right. Um, and, and again, I've been using this word a lot lately, whack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's whack. Uh, and again, it's not rooted in true, true revolution. You know, and I don't think in, in its inception, it really was to begin with. Mm. Um, you know, like when people think of Black History Month now, they want to talk about all these people that invented certain things which is beautiful to know that people uh, a black man invented you know uh the telephone invented the light you know and a lot of people say that that uh edison invented the light bulb i don't believe that at all uh he stole that from nikola tesla um the concept of that 
you know, when they say people invented, you know, bringing up like Jack Daniels, how that was invented, the recipe was made by a black man, right. um, bringing up all these things in black history. And it's all rooted in what we see today is okay. Like uh, the little, the little put a uh, thing for the golf to sit on the little put a uh, little stick right, was right, invented right. by was invented by a black man <laughs> um to know white hegemony has been profiting off of golf this whole right, entire time all this shit of all you this know? shit all these and so it's like it's like there's a deeper under there should be a deeper understanding i feel we shouldn't be not necessarily we should be praising these individuals for the accolades that they have but we should also should be highlighting the fact that we still live under a system that uses us and then throws us away, mm-hmm. you know, when we're not yeah. useful to them anymore. You know, hence people like Paul Robeson during the McCarthy era treated the way that he was, mm-hmm. was an, a, an athlete, renowned singer, renowned play, art, uh, play artist, uh, all, all of these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they demonized him and inevitably put him in a position to where he he died a, 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 a broke man, but was arguably one of the greatest individuals of our generation. Like like Drilled Horn once said to me. You know, it was was the the tallest man in the room and arguably the most brightest man in the room because of just his accolades, his true understandings mm-hmm. that and he just was tall as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, there's been a few athletes that have, you know, you have spoken of that have been willing to, you know, and they've all been basically boycotted, you know, yep. kicked out of the league. You were just telling me telling me something interesting about Craig Hodges, right? Would you care to, to elaborate a little bit on, on Craig Hodges? Yeah. Yeah. So for people who don't know Craig Hodges, I believe he's a is he a three time champion or two time champion, uh NBA champion? I'm not sure, but he's definitely an I, NBA champion. He's definitely yeah. an NBA champion. I know he's a three time uh three point uh champion. Yeah. He was a Arguably great shooter. one Amazing of the shooter. greatest, one of the greatest three point shooters of all time. Accurate precise the only time uh this dude missed uh was probably because he wasn't looking at the rim uh (laughs) um you know craig hodges uh decided back in 1990 he was a part of the 91 team uh back in 1992 was uh a part of you know the visit to the white house for which at that time uh bush senior on a a well-known renowned fascist uh to to revolutionaries um warmonger uh, he gave a a letter to the president, you know, basically just outlining some things that he could potentially do that would, you know, help, uh, you know, black communities across the occupation. Mm-hmm. And he gave the letter to Bush, never received a a letter a letter in response back, and then was basically blackballed by the league. No team wanted him. He entered he entered the 1993. Uh, all-star game as literally just a, a, an NBA it was like they had him in an NBA jersey he didn't he was a he was just a yeah. free agent and they had him there and he ended up losing I think that losing in the first round that year um but yeah so he, he so he won he won in 91 and 92 so he's a two-time champion championships he, two. he won in he won 91 in 91 and, and 92 yeah. yeah 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 um and so he you know goes to this all-star in 1993 and whatnot and then proceeds to be, you know, blackballed by the league uh, f- from a player standpoint. He gets an assistant coaching job under Phil Jackson uh, during the 3P era for the uh, for the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq era, um, and was an assistant coach and ends up winning two more championships there. As an assistant um, coach. Wow. 
Now you'd think, okay, he would be invited to the White House, you know, when they like how all NBA champions, you know, you know, champions do. They go and they visit this Ofe, uh, you know, give him praise and whatnot, you know, basically saying hello to their massa. Um, and yeah. Yeah. he's not invited. He finds out by Gary Vitti that he is he wasn't given the criteria. Um, that Gary Vitti had the criteria everybody else did, but he wasn't. And so it, it's another example to show you that how even how further they have blackballed this this brother. So after that, yeah. um, he basically goes into not I wouldn't even say silence, but um, you know he's been he's been put in a position to where his his documentary has been fucked with. Yeah. Um, you know the same with Mahmoud Abdul Rauf uh, was a similar situation, literally around the same time frame yeah. too, which was fucking wild. And I think now um, Craig Hodges is like coaching high school or something. I don't think he. Yeah, he. I mean, I and and maybe it's a simple life uh, for him, and that's really what he, you know, what he's YouTube. But he he has said that you know the NBA had cost him millions, millions of, of dollars that he generate. You know what he what he signified as generational wealth, which yeah. I have a problem with. But yeah, you know, here, as, as a Pan African is <laughs> right. But listen, uh, but but it's crazy how it's crazy how also you know these things weren't talked about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially like I didn't I didn't even know or remember the whole thing as far as him as an assistant coach, right? You know, the yeah. team winning and them inviting everybody but him. And they and they don't mention yeah. that shit. Nobody in the press, basically, I'm sure one or two, you know, journalists yeah. or specifically independent journalists were able to talk about it. But it's something that was very kept under the radar. You know what I'm saying? And I, there's another example like that too, which was when um Florida, when University of Florida won the the final four you know in college basketball they were they actually won two in a row but i think one of those times george bush was was the president right george bush was the president and when they went to the when they were invited to the white house i remember joaquin noah he said i'm not going because george yeah. bush is a war criminal basically he said i don't i don't agree with what he stands for or whatever so i'm not going you know what i'm saying so he 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 didn't go at all, and that and that didn't that didn't make much noise. You know what I'm saying? Nobody talked about that. You know what I'm saying? And then back in the day, so also social media wasn't how it is today. But yeah, you know that was another thing that I really liked because I remember back then I was in college, and I was I respected that from Joaquin Noah. You know what I'm saying? But it, it wasn't talked about enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and there's a lot of things like you know people not really understanding. You know, because we when, when we formulated you know this episode like the rundown you gave me kind of what we were going to talk about and whatnot mm. um we had in mind you know to talk you know for us to talk about you know all these people that get praised uh, that are athletes you know they get praised for doing certain things you know like you have like michael jordan you know um you, you have people like um i mean people like magic johnson you know uh, mm. uh all, all of these brothers that you know say that they're black excellence that they've done things for the league and stuff like that but mm. then you look at an individual like bill russell you look at an like at an individual Absolutely. like craig hodges you look yeah, at an, yeah, yeah. Uh, an individual i could even say like michael cooper mm -hmm. uh, byron scott you know these people were advocating for you know getting substance abuse out of the communities like hence byron scott you know, out of the communities, his mother was, while he was playing, while he was a champion, his mother was a crackhead. Wow. Like people don't understand that. People don't yeah. understand that, that there was a player that played on the Lakers during the eighties that was on crack the same way that Lamar Odom was on crack. Right. So it's like, these were, these are very like the, the way that our communities have been targeted, you know, 
i.e. by, you know, substance abuse, you know, the war, you know, quote unquote, the war on drugs, when really it was the drugs was were, were implemented into our own communities. Um, it, it's 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 sad. It's sad to know that Craig Hodges, you know, wasn't able to get onto an NBA team. The fact that he easily probably could have played for for the Lakers <laughs> as a player around that time frame, it it it, blow, it just blows my mind. The fact that we have people like Mahmoud Abdul Rauf that stands in solidarity with with people from the Middle East, people who are Muslim. Uh, regardless of of if you know if I side with that faith or not, I have to respect an individual that's willing to take a stand and saying yeah. I do not fuck with genocide. I do not fuck with Zionism. Yeah, you can call here. me anti-Semitic all you want, but I know that you're being anti-Semitic towards me because Zionism is not a culture. Zionism is a cult. Mm. Um, you know, so when I when when people ask me, you know, like like who are some some top head figures for you? Uh, in basketball that politically changed the narrative. I don't bring up Kareem. I, right. I don't. Kareem is not someone who, Kareem is a liberal. Kareem is a, is, a, is a conformist. He's a conspirator against his own people. He said shit about the community that he, in, in part, then wants them to applaud him for, for the accolades that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even, you know, gone to the extent of, you know, when it comes to Kareem, you know, I don't put him even in that category. I'm sorry of of like top ballers anymore because I feel like a lot of his accolades, the way he's acted outside of the court, I could easily take a lot of those accolades away because you haven't really done anything from your for your community. You've done things for the the camera, you know, mm-hmm. to, so that people can say, you know, so uh, this philanthropy, you mm-hmm. know, or this theology that he has where he's poetic. It's very poetic and stuff like that. But no. I look at Mahmoud Abdul Rauf as arguably one of one of the the you know along with Craig Hodges one of the greatest influencers of basketball from a political standpoint because they took a stand. Yeah. You know, and they didn't. And because they didn't... The, and also because you know not to cut you off, but Mahmoud man to this day. Yeah. He, you know he's still he's still on the same uh, mission basically. You know what I'm saying he hasn't he hasn't changed. You know, like we were talking about earlier during the show, a lot of people think you know they might have done something back in the day and now they act like. Like the war is over, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy to be to be like a quote unquote movement dropout, you know, with the way things are going now, you know what I'm saying? With the way things are That's going crazy. today, you like move, you said, movement dropout. All yes. I thought of was high school dropout. Some <laughs> people, some people are movement dropouts, man. They drop out, like you know what I'm saying? They think everything is smooth now, you know what I'm saying? But but the reality is, like you said, while the Super Bowl is going on and everybody's Having a good time, they're bombing little children at this exactly at the same time. Yep. You know, for every one child killed in Gaza, three are disabled, which means that they they're amputated. The fact that the fact that that even happened and people aren't talking about that, mm-hmm. mainstream media isn't talking about how they literally utilized the Super Bowl to get us get our eyes away from what was going on in Rafa. You bombed mm-hmm. a refugee camp for which you told people to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. Again, yeah, I've been yeah. saying this a lot this episode. That's wow. Wild. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's <laughs> fuck. But listen, my bad. I, I, for your, your train of thought, you were saying the athletes that you respected. You you had Mahmoud. You had Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges. Um, I could even go like to some you know, some people I could say kind of right now that I I have a lot of respect for, uh, C J McCollum, mm-hmm. um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, okay. minus this whole crypto, minus that whole crypto money shit. I, <laughs> um, you know, what's, but, what's, uh, what, what info do you have on CJ McCollum? 
CJ, he's just someone who has put people like Stephen A. Smith in his place for talking okay. shit about black athletes in a way okay. that demonizes them and then putting like literally him and JJ Reddick fucking packed his ass up on his own show. Yeah. I mean they fold they folded him like a folding fucking chair sure, on his yeah, own show. Yeah. Um you know but I I do see a lot of of him kind of influencing a lot of people like I I that and I don't really see him talking about um like this whole black equity and you know you know we need more money and stuff like that. He's more on the lines of well, you know, we need kind of like universal health care. The fact that Tony Snell, I think, needed health care for his child and no team was willing to get all he needed to do was sign a 10 day contract. He just needed 10 more days. And, and he didn't he get it. Had, he didn't get it. No one signed him. So oh, he wasn't man, able to these get motherfuckers. I did hear the thing. It popped up on my feet a couple of times. Like, yo, this brother yeah. needs one more one more contract in order to get his 10 years in because you need to play. Yeah. For those who don't know, you need to play 10 years in the NBA in order to have your your pension, yeah, and, basically, your NBA pension. Someone easily could have picked him. Someone easily could have picked him up. Of you course. Know? And, and again, that's just another way of putting black individuals in a position to where they're going to have to fight a little bit harder. The fact that this man needs that needed that health care for his, for his child. Needed, yeah, for his, for his, his wife. child even has a, a condition or something, right? Yeah. I think I read. Yeah, yeah. and... And, and, and he doesn't people, have. I know he, you know, he doesn't have the means to to no. pay for whatever the procedures are that the the NBA easily could have paid for. And the and the um, worst part about it is that, like I said, well, no, the worst part about it is that his child might not get the healthcare. But a, a bad part about it is that, like I said, some people are going to justify it. Like, listen, you yeah. have to look at it from a business perspective. You yeah, may not yeah, need that business. kind of player. Yeah. How much is he going to cost you yeah. in order to run your team? Blah blah blah. All this fucking bullshit. People are like that, man. And you know that's a. That's a heavy problem that we have today because we've got. Yeah, and you you made you made a valid point, a very valid point is is that we have all of these black athletes, all these people that are quote unquote business centric. They're saying this is just business, you know. This is not the WWE. This is not a storyline where you can say this is good for this is best for business, as Triple H used to say. So for right, people right. that are out there, that might not that might not go well with your with your <laughs> with your audience. They might not know what that meant, but. <laughs> You know, it, it like, no, it's not the fact that he needed health care. Someone could have helped out and they didn't just goes to show you that this this league ain't shit. They That's use true. you and use you and use you for whatever they possibly can. And then exactly at the exact moment that you need them to step up, they're not willing to. Yeah. They're not willing to, you know, um, and it's sad. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping maybe, you know, he, he can come back the next season, resign, and that'll help hopefully get him. You know, the 10, you know, the tenure of, of medical that he needs, you know, for his child, for himself, for his wife, uh, for his family in general. Yeah, yeah, no um, but it's, again, just another example to show you, man, like you can't trust the system. Yeah, nah, you can't nah. trust the, the system of the NBA, which upholds white hegemony. Come on now. Nah. You know? Yeah, no doubt, man. So that's real. That's real talk, man. Listen, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, there's this really great, you know, French ex-professional basketball player here you know uh, since i am living in france man this thing really it's been making a little bit of noise not as much as as i would like it to to make you know but um mm -hmm. her name is emily gomis so basically th this sister man she's a she's an ex-professional ball player you know she was born in senegal and she's actually you know i believe both parents senegalese and everything but she she played professional in France and she pretty much developed her game in France. I believe she came real young to, to France and she, you know, grew up here and, you know, but she was really great. Um, 
she played with the French national team from 2002 to 2014. So for a bunch of years, she was on the French national team. She actually made the WNBA in 2006. She played for the New York Liberty, you know, and uh, and I, th I believe the rest of her career was mostly first division in France. Um, she won a silver medal with the French national team in 2012 Olympics. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was recently appointed to the to the Olympic Committee for this upcoming Olympics, which is, you know, here in, in Paris, 2024. Yeah, she was going to serve as an ambassador, you know what I'm saying, for, for these upcoming Olympics. Um, so recently on Instagram, she made an Instagram post, right? This was um, October 9th, 2023. Mm -hmm. And her Instagram post was basically a map of France. And you could see the Israel flag taking over the whole map, little by little. Right, the Israel flag taking over the whole map, and and it said, "What would you do in this situation?" So that that was that was the post that she made, man. Right. So from there, she was forced to resign from the Olympic Committee, basically. And she and since then, she she has apologized. You know what I'm saying? She said she said she was against all forms of terrorism, all this shit. You know how it is. You know how people have to apologize. Yeah, Whatever. the liberal approach yeah, to yeah, to the liberal to approach to everything. To masses. Exactly, yeah. the whole thing. Like, yeah, Hamas is wrong. You know, I'm against all forms of terrorism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All that good stuff. And still, like, to this day, it's serious. Like, she's receiving threats left and right. Not only did she have to, not only did she have to, you know, um, resign from the whole thing, but she's actually still receiving threats. People sending her uh, wild letters and everything. She's op She openly speaks about it. She's still receiving threats and everything. But um, they said that basically she had a duty of neutrality, you know, as, a, which as is an long form, which is long form for don't say shit. As, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as an ambassador, as an ambassador of the Olympics. So listen, man, I've, you know, um, a lot of athletes don't want to speak up, right? Because mm -hmm. they feel like, you know, most athletes don't want to speak up. We uh, athletes generally have been taught to, you know, stand in lane, do what they do. You know, the truth is also that, you know, athletes, we got to work a lot on our, on our craft. You know what I'm saying? It's time consuming. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, uh, like everybody else, because everybody else works at their craft, even though it's not athletics. But sometimes we may not have the information we need to speak up. But so, unfortunately, a lot of athletes have not spoken up to, to, to stand with her. But some have. Some have. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. But... Listen, man, this this story here seems it is what it is, man. It's it's the French Empire, you know, just like just like the United States would do, just like the British Empire would do. This is what we got going on on this side, man. What what do you, what do you think about it? Have you have you had a chance to look into it a little bit? Yeah, I had um so actually that was the last little bit of of information I needed before we got on to the onto this recording. Mm -hmm. And um I looked into it. I uh, I have my own opinions on it. Uh, I think it's bullshit. Um, I think, you know, there's people that are literally a part of, you know, that are ambassadors for for these events. They are actively calling for the genocide of people. And the fact that she just, again, she doesn't, she didn't side with Zionism, but then doubled back on that and was like, you know what, I'm sorry, I do side with Zionism. I do, you know, all again, the the, the liberal centrist approach to conforming to your zaddies. Um, yeah. to, to white to, to white aesthetics and we as individuals need to stop doing this shit so that would be my opinion on it is that I think it was fucked up but at yeah. the same time I also think it was fucked up for her not to stand a little bit more 
yeah. on her moral grounds. I wish it would be seen. like, you know what? I, I don't care. You can fire me, but there's yeah. an, there's there's an active genocide going on right now, not just in, in Palestine, but also in Sudan, the Congo, Haiti, Absolutely. Uh, you know, everywhere uh you know the philippines you know we're all being affected by white hegemony until we can address it yeah you're not you know i'm not going to shut up yeah, um, yeah and i sure. think that's the approach that i feel like she should have taken but again is it the status quo hell yeah mm -hmm. it's the status quo yeah. you say something they reprimand you for it they want you to apologize that you apologize for it and then you get nothing back in return but that but then they get an, a, a backhanded apology yeah. uh you know for for you not doing anything wrong other yeah. than staying what you know needs to be said again it's silencing people and their abilities to speak on narratives and situations that are going on that deeply affect not just our minds but affect our hearts like it's hard bro to go online and see what's going on in in, in gaza it is. it's it's gut-wrenching it, yeah. it it there's times where i want to throw up bro because yeah. i'm like this is fucking how, like, a, I want to cry. I've cried in anger multiple it's not times a joke. about it's this. It's not a joke, man. Yeah. And listen, not, not to cut you off, but real quick, just, you know, um, in her defense, you know, I believe like you, I believe it's fucked up that she she kind of went back. But in her defense, I do believe that she has been recently uh, posting things again. You know what I'm saying? like About you know, that? Because, yeah, about, because you know, she didn't end the genocide, back, free Palestine. Sure. You know what I'm saying? she. I believe she has been, you know, a little bit she has been back on it because she's seen all the horrible shit we've seen i'm sure and she's like yeah this is just wrong man you know so i do believe she has been you know speaking on it a little bit again recently but um but yeah it is it that's that's how it goes and then you know another thing that that i believe is that you know like you said there's people that are completely supporting the genocide and nobody tells them that you know you have to be neutral you know what I'm saying? But, right, right. Where's the neutrality? Where's that neutrality right, right. bullshit then? You know? Right. But I, but I, I do believe like if if she if she would have been white, her apology might have been enough to stay on the committee. You know what I'm saying? Even then, so if she was white and said that, you know, she probably wouldn't have gotten reprimanded for it. We also have to look at the fact that our color of our skin contradicts how we're treated. You know, whether that's in the workforce, whether that's in your day to day life, yeah, uh, whether that you know it's and so you know. I would go further to say if she was a white woman, they wouldn't have said shit. They wouldn't have said they wouldn't have said fucking a shit. They wouldn't have batted an eye. But the fact that she's you know she's a black woman, mm -hmm. she's talented, she brings a lot to the table that they that they you know make profit off of. They're gonna try and keep her in check all day long. They could find there's a you know these white folks come a dime a dozen. Yeah, us exactly. uh, us black individuals that are excellent at athletics, that are intellectual. You know, not a not a whole lot of us come around because we're too festered in things that don't matter to our own communities. Um, so when they when they take one of us and they they have us, you know, they try any and any, any way to keep us there and reprimand us. And then when when we don't fall in line, what happens? We lose our job. We can't gain another one. Or you get put in a position like Craig Hodges. He literally handed a letter to the president, and it was been blackballed from the league. This whole entire time, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf took a stand by literally not st not standing for the, the Pledge of Allegiance during a time frame where they were actively bombing Kuwait oil fields during the Gulf War. So, I, I you know, that's, it. that's what is it? What does James Brown say? Living in America. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, don't, don't say that. Man, James Brown. Oh, man, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I got funny. you off guard right there. Yeah, you got me with that. Damn, man. 
<laughs> Yo, man, listen. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. Yo, man, listen. I I really appreciate your time, brother. And um, thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a good one. Before you you go, man, I I would love for you to uh, recommend a, a book, man. We like to do this here on the Vital Hoops podcast. Yeah. A, a good book recommendation. You know, I know it, I know it's always difficult because there's a lot there's a lot to recommend. But you know, maybe one that's that's maybe mostly inspiring you recently or you know, you know, whatever. A good book recommendation. Uh yeah, it it would be Kwame Nkrumah's uh, Conscientism. Uh currently a book that I'm I'm deeply devoted into right now. Just just in the last I would have to say couple days, mm -hmm. I've read a couple chapters. Um it's something I think a lot of individuals if you read Mm -hmm. You get a basic understanding of a lot of the main contradictions that we have today. All yeah. it does is profound it even more. It gives you a lot more basis to work with when you're either argumenting these topics, you're talking about them in discourse. Um, just a really good book to read. I can even give a second one out there. I've been reading yes, Stokely. Uh, Stokely Speaks, formerly known as Kwame right. Ture, yeah, yeah, yeah. a book on Black Power to Pan-Africanism. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my favorite chapters in there currently right now is the the chapter on Palestine, because he not just only goes in depth on Palestinians, uh, but he goes in depth on how we have this narrative that white people are uh, are oppressed, uh, uh, you know, economically and uh, culturally and spiritually, which is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um White people, yeah, economically are exploited by their own oppressed by the by by their own people. But black individuals today, uh, you know, and even back then, uh, are subjugated to two types of of exploitation: cultural, you know, and economical. Because we produce arguably majority of the income base, uh, gross domestic pro gross domestic product, uh, within within the confines of this occupation by working literally the backing of this comp of, of this company as i should say yeah this company that is america mm -hmm. uh was backed off of the, the 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 you know the blood sweat and tears of of our ancestors here absolutely 100%. um so yeah those would be two books that, that i would uh deeply recommend i appreciate that man this is a great great recommendation uh listen man be before you go please let the audience know you know what i'm saying your socials where they can find you where they can find your podcast, man, the great, you know, the Indi Indigenous Nightmare podcast. And also, man, how they can, you know, help you out. You can kind of, you know, let them know the situation and how they can help you out via PayPal. And I'm going to have all the info down, definitely in the description. Okay. But, but please go ahead and share. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys can find me on, on Instagram at the Indigenous Nightmare. Uh, my podcast is the Indigenous Nightmare podcast at uh, the Indigenous Nightmare pod. Um, and then you could also find me on YouTube. My, my podcast is on YouTube. I'm kind of, you know, really digging kind of, you know, this stream yard direct live show shit straight to, to YouTube. So it's real easy for me right now. Um, you can find me here on YouTube. I do hopefully, uh, starting next week, we'll be starting fully a uh, schedule. So Thursday through Sunday, which means Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, we'll be doing live shows um, for which I'll be going over a various uh, amount of topics. Each day is a different day. Nice. So uh, Thursday, we talk about labor unions, events and stuff like that. What's going on? Palestine updates, Sudan, Congo, uh, Haiti updates. Uh, Friday is a, a strictly wrestling show. So there's no um, no pol no politics or anything like that that will be uh, be conducted. It's just strictly talking about wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. um but yeah we talk about wrestling on that day saturday is a solo show it just by myself uh which i'm hoping i can get you on next saturday um okay. 
what is that? Uh, Sunday, I do a show with my comrade Clint uh, Terrell, and we go over, uh, you know, things that are going on within the prison system, kind of like from an abolition, uh, abolitionist standpoint, mm -hmm. um, gain a little bit of, you know, history uh, on, um, on certain things that, you know, I feel like that show is, is arguably like one of the most constructive shows that live shows that I've done, because we've done two already. Nice. Um, and we go over a plethora of things, certain topics and stuff like that. Uh, so I, you know, shout out to Clint. Uh, you know, he is a co-host, a correspondent for for the podcast, and does does a, a great job, you know, doing that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the schedule Monday through Wednesday. I'm off. <laughs> I don't do a damn thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and just to kind of explain, you know, like for anybody out there that you know can help or is willing to help, um, you know, currently in just like a little financial, you know, mishap. I got injured working at uh, Amazon and it's just subjugated me to, you know, limitations, mobility wise and stuff like that. Throughout this podcast, you probably see me go back and forth like that because my back's hurting still. But yeah, below are, are ways to help uh, via Venmo and uh, PayPal. Um, you know, and it's not just this not just only helped me. It helps my dog as well. We, you know, so this this just helps us keep us housed and whatnot um, during during this tough time. So if you could. Um, I appreciate it. If you can't, uh, you know, something that's even better is sharing, um, you know, just sharing it around, passing it around, um, you know, any, any and every dollar helps. Uh, I don't have a set limit, you know, I'm like most people I'm fucking trying to survive under this damn system y'all. So, um, but yeah, uh, just, you know, as, as a former wrestler, uh, of the past would say dusty roads, uh, hard times, uh, hard times. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to say, first off, you know, thank thank you for having me having me on. Uh, more of this, I'm hoping, is to come. We can, you know, we could do uh, more collaborations, you know, back and forth. Uh, but again, this is what's needed. Uh, this type of collective solidarity. Uh, the fact that you're in France, the fact that I'm in Las Vegas right now, and we're shooting, you know, we're shooting this. We're we're gain, you know, this is this is that that uh, internationalism that is lacking right now. Um, you know, the glow, the, you know, global solidarity, um, that's lacking right now. And I think, you know, not that this is the start of, you know, everybody else, you know, people will see this episode and now internationalism yeah. is alive, but no, it's just a start for us as comrades, as yeah. individuals who are getting to know and grow, um, you know, as comrades together. So I just, first and foremost, thank you for having me on, bro. It's an honor yeah. to even be, uh, you know, a guest on, on, on your show as, as you, you know, not a lot of people have been on. Um, but the ones that do that do make it, they they are impactful. A lot of them, so, you know. So shout out to everybody that was, you know, that came on before me. I've I've been watching. I've been trying to to watch at least your episodes and then Diallo's episodes right after, just to kind of see. <laughs> you know, you guys are like my. I I don't watch a whole lot of shit, man. I I watch you, FD, Diallo, EYL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I fluctuate a bunch of like, you know, interviews from like the sixties and seventies with some of our, our favorite revolutionaries, True. That's you know, like Kwame and, and, and Rodney, yeah. you know, gaining insight, uh, via audio and whatnot, reading books. So it's again, just yeah. an honor to be on here, bro. And, and yeah, no good, good shit, man. I mean, you, you hold down your show more than I feel like I do mine. So. No, 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 man. Listen, your show, your show has, you know, great quality, man. And it has really inspired me also with the Bottle Hoops podcast that keep rocking, man. Because, you know, sometimes people don't know, but we put in some work for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we put in some work and then, you know, you know, I see you doing it, doing it over there and doing it right. And so I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate the work you do with that, man. And, uh, Thank you. When you talk about the importance of that internationalism, man, that's that's the key. 
And I do want to mention, I actually have, you know, one of my comrades with the Pan-African League of Moja, who's actually going to be, you know, I can't give too much information yet, but he's, wor <laughs> he's working on something really special with Gerard Horn, man. So yeah, I, I, I got some insight yeah, on yeah. from drilled horn on what's going going on on the yeah. back burner. So I think I might know what you're talking about. I'm gonna yeah, keep my yeah, mouth yeah, shut yeah. though. <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be another great show to follow, man. Yeah, uh, some yep. more some more great info, man. Because Gerald Horn is really one of those uh people that we need to be listening to as much as possible. You know, exactly as much as possible. So yeah, man. Hope to have you back on, man, as well. And uh, yeah. Sit. We gotta get we gotta get a try that trifecta I was telling you about. We gotta get the uh, we gotta do me, you, and Diallo. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. one show, we go in on some that vegan, really, you know. Yeah, that would really veganism be great, man. Shit like that. Yeah. yeah, that would really be great, man. So uh, yeah, keep it keep it going, man. With the with the veganism, whatever mm -hmm. you need, man. Any any kind of tips you need, whatever help on. I need yeah. recipes, dude. Okay. I ate. Okay. I, I, I got ate you, some man. chickpea. I ate some chickpea uh, tacos a couple days ago. How was that? Um, last night, I had some vegan mac and cheese I made. Nice. Um, I can't even say it's tough, dude. It's not. I don't crave it's, it's meat. It's really not, man. Yeah. I don't, cra I don't crave meat, bro. People like, crave. I don't know. Like, yeah. And I think it was before the New Year's, I, I consumed as much meat probably as I as I, yeah. I could. Because it was even getting to the point where I was like, I'm tired of eating this shit, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, this... And as yeah. soon as I cut the meat out, man, it it really helped. It's very been been very mm -hmm. beneficial. Um, you know, I don't know if you see in my my face, I'm losing, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm losing some weight. Uh, um, nice. Nice, you know, man. but but for the most part, it's just really helped with my energy level, dude. Yeah. Like I'm able to wake. I'm I'm on kind of like a a really good sleeping schedule. That's you know, like dope. as I told you, you know, I still have deep rooted. Uh, uh, tendencies from ROTC. I was a part of ROTC growing up as a kid. Okay. And so I always used to have to wake up at like fucking ass crack of dawn mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> just to be at school and shit. So I, I still kind of do that. Just, yeah. I don't have school, um, you know, and I'm, I'm up early and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, man, it, well, it's, yeah, man. it's been, it's been a breeze. I can't, I can't complain. Like I'm, I'm getting ready to potentially if, if all goes well, um, and I have the funds to, to do it. Um, you know, I, I want to make some vegan uh, fish out of uh, out of eggplant and stuff like that. So I've been seeing stuff like that. Um, I got there's this our, a comrade of yours. I seen that created a, a, a page where they, they kind of do a lot of the vegan meals and stuff like that. Sure. So I ate the quinoa salad that they made. Mm -hmm. that shit was bomb <laughs> yeah, that whole the whole mixture of it was was and, fucking and, bomb bro yeah, so and quinoa is you know, really good it's one of the best things you can eat man yeah. quinoa is it has a lot of good nutrients man but um but yeah man i mean definitely you know the the um, the meat all that meat and dairy and all that is very complicated for us to digest you know what i'm saying yeah and, you know, most of a lot of people like to say, like, you know what, well, we've always eaten it and this and that. But most of our ancestors ate very little of, of that. Yeah. You know, they ate very little meat. You know what I'm saying? You know, it was basically like a seasonal, like seasonal thing. Absolutely. It wasn't, Absolutely. You know, people also don't understand, too. We didn't have supermarkets back then. It wasn't until exactly. the meat industry, exactly. you know, was like, we're not making enough money. So we're going to create these supermarkets and we're just going to take over yeah. the meat industry and can, you know, and, and inject these people, inject it with pesticides and fucking it's disgusting. And that's, I, I, and that's, I yeah, and that's that's where I was going, man. If you if you if you look, if you're against oppression at all and you see what's going on in these fucking slaughterhouses, yes. 
it's just nasty the way they're they're doing that, man. Those are those are those are living beings, man, with a central nervous system. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So they're they're feeling pain. <laughs> they're feeling pain. They're you know what I'm saying? And it's it's nasty the way everything is done and how they're all jam packed with with um antibiotics and fucking you know. And then we're putting all that into our bodies. So you know. But you we know, also man. have to factor in too, like like pigs. They're one of the most like inbred species like on the planet. And when you, when like, to give it kind of like an example, I think it's uh, either Tas, I don't think it's Tasmanian devils. I think it's hyenas. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the, one of the most inbred species on the planet, which means that they fuck their mothers. They fuck like all that shit. Um, and they have this thing where they can, that cancer is like a flu to them. Where like, mm-hmm. if they get a scratch, you know, from, from one another, the, the cells are so, so uh, identical they pass it on it it just passes on like it's the fucking like it's the fucking flu and that's the same for fucking pigs just like pigs also are an invasive invasive animal they were brought here by spaniards conquistadors Mm -hmm. in the 1400s on boats um and they ravaged and pillaged uh you know and you know ate up all of indigenous you know people's basically way of life what they used to eat you know and people have been we've been subjugated to think the things like pigs and chickens yeah. and horses and shit all grew in reciprocity here in Northern America when all of this shit was exported, just Absolutely. like and imported yeah. just as much as as people were, um, sure. you know. So in in that you know you know and back to like you know the consumption of meat, you know if you're eating swine right now, you also have to factor in that that's an inbred species, which means it fucks somebody who it was related to. And that can cause problems, ailments. They come with cancer. I've seen people yeah. go and buy meat and it has big tumors and shit inside yeah. of it. And the meat industry doesn't give a fuck about it. They don't it. give a shit. They don't care. You know, they fill them up with more fucking, you know, pesticides and yeah. shit like that. They spray them down and whatnot, inject them, you yeah. know, so that it makes big, these big shit. ass fucking chickens. And now you got to look at too, the fact that the legalization of, of, uh, uh, basically a uh, lab grown meat so yeah. i'm gonna give you an example right now i find it funny that you can go down the list of people who accepted the lab grown meat and are using it right now are also the same people who are, are, are telling people to buy chicken wraps right now you could get a chicken wrap from burger king you can get a chicken wrap from mcdonald's you can get a chicken wrap from from wendy's mm. from and again and all these companies aid in a bed white hegemony are an actively aiding zionism right now so for, for people who think it's not intertwined oh. this it's you're we're on a fucking mario go, go around and it's going faster and faster each time we go around and 100%. until you can slow yourself down realize what's going on then you start to understand oh the world's really controlled by three major companies. All these three mm-hmm. major companies own this, they own that. You know, uh-huh. it goes back yep. to what I was saying. How is it that a Clorox company dog can make fucking salad dressing? That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it, man. Yo, man, I love that we ended on veganism, man. Let's next time let's expand a little bit on that, man. I appreciate you, man. We'll do this again soon, man. Yeah, no problem. And again, thank you for having me on. I'm gonna talk for a couple more minutes. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right episode number 51 is in the books vada hoops podcast once again thank you to the comrade isaac jasper make sure you go check out the indigenous nightmare podcast uh please help the brother out if you can 
like I said, all the info is going to be down in the, in the description. And I'll definitely follow him on social media, see what he got going on. And again, please, please, please like, share, subscribe. You know what I mean? Just take the time to share this episode. Um, I appreciate you for listening, for watching. Bottlehoops.net. For the people, by the people. For the culture. Uhuru. <laughs>